0: I was basically like a policeman to the competitors. I will say that it was quite realistic. Like they were, they were, they were sleeping in the clonkery dirt. Like holy hell! And the food, they didn't get much food.
1: G'day, welcome back to the Humans of Agriculture podcast. It is awesome to have you guys here. Today's chat is definitely one which is way more laid back, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on it. This episode was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. There's probably not too many people out there who pay their way through uni through being a cowboy, but my next guest has done exactly that. Today, Luke Chaplin hasn't quite given up his dream, but it certainly has taken a bit of a backseat. From Cloncurry, he's running a growing film business alongside his sister, while also undertaking a Nuffield scholarship and running his own business, looking into the opportunities for drones in mustering in agriculture. Today, you'll hear a bit of a chat and just a whole bunch of curious questions from me in terms of how does Luke actually get ready to ride bucking broncos on the weekend? Where some of his travels have taken him and what it's like competing on the world stage. The role of the Farmers to Founders course in getting him up to speed in being business ready for his small business. And trialling a thousand different jobs from acting to media, professional bronc rider, assistant director on Survivor, and today, well, he's a small business owner, so if you want any inspiration that anything is possible in agriculture and rural Australia, I reckon Luke's a pretty good example. Well, obviously, get to the filmmaking mm. side of things, but because you were mm. a bronc rider as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left you it know, behind now?
0: I haven't quite, no. I'm not like, you know, still holding on to that glint, still, you know, training a bit and like, you know, if I... So, yeah, but what am I? I'm 32 now and <laughs> start to be a little bit more responsible. And it would be annoying to get hurt badly, although I never broke a bone or anything. So, touch wood. Yeah, you know how you get those, those waves of like adrenaline and excitement to do something. And then you got to be fully in it, you know, if you're going to do something like that, because otherwise you will get hurt. So, oh, yeah, to be an out, to be confirmed on that, right, if I'm still doing not right. ready to.
1: Uh, Hang up the rope. (laughs) No, but
0: I was because you were sort of doing your third year at Marcus, I think, when I was first year. I just did the one year there. and Yeah. Yeah. And I was sort of ducking off on weekends and some of the, you know, some of the classmates and all that would come and watch. There was a rodeo, the first one in ages, they brought it back, a Geelong rodeo. So, yeah, yeah, I used to do that a bit in my 20s, but not so much anymore.
1: I don't reckon there'd be too many people that are paying their way through uni here by riding Bronx or Bulls or something.
0: No, not really. No, it was good because Victoria is a good spot for it. There's a lot of pro rodeos down there. Yeah, Geelong was sort of uh, not a bad base and that's it. I just had to limit my
1: time at the social club a little bit. Is it like being, did you treat it like being a, Oh, I guess it's a pro circuit, but like a professional athlete training and everything? That's it. I reckon
0: you do if you want to be good at it, unless you're just one of these freaks that, you know, drinks and smokes and has four hours sleep and then comes out and wins rodeos, which there's a few of them. But did that probably wouldn't really work for me. So yeah, I think you've got to treat it as a professional sport, but it's probably not so professional in Australia. I guess the definition of a professional sport is you make a living off it and you probably can, but by the time you're sort of, have a bit of a run of not winning and whatnot you're kind of just breaking even so like a you know a, a, a hobby that you probably need to treat professionally in Australia but you go over to America and a lot of Aussies have done have done really amazing over there and absolutely make a living off it so I did a couple of stints in Canada and a little bit in America and yeah loved it
1: yeah it was great and was that literally just over there to to write Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Canada is a lot easier for Aussies just because of the visa, the Commonwealth or whatever the agreement is with visas. It's a little bit harder in America, as you probably know, but you can, you can get a sports visa for America, or you can just go there on that three month thing and maybe not tell them. Canada's good. You know, you can work a bit um, and rodeo and live the, live the dream, live the cowboy dream. Was it
1: everything you expected?
0: Yeah, it was great it was awesome yeah i start i did a bit in saskatchewan a lot of marcus people and stuff have done like saskatchewan because there's a lot of a lot of sort of prairie flat country a lot of canola and whatnot so yeah yeah diesel burning there and then i did a yeah i did a stint in alberta we did this we went to this massive rodeo over in uh quebec that's a province isn't it yeah quebec. yeah but it was between um it was between montreal and quebec city and it was just this crazy like rock festival like so many like western you know cowboys cowgirls and everyone speaks French you know like I just didn't imagine that I would come to a place where they couldn't really understand me and they're just all you know rural well obviously I knew that everywhere around the world there's agriculture and different language but the sport of rodeo and only speaking French that so was just like wow So we had a lot of fun there and I was lucky enough to win it, did a backflip in celebration, broke my teeth off. (laughs) I couldn't understand the French paramedics. So I had to self-medicate on some, you know, substances that are legal over there, actually. Marijuana is legal in Canada and then flew back. Yeah, we slept at Montreal airport. Anyway, it was a really wild time, but really good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Is that one of the top yarns you've got from your time? That's good. Yeah, I like,
0: yeah, it's a good yarn because there was so much excitement and oh yeah, you want to whatever Do because I just learned to do a backflip. So it's kind of like we're in that phase where you've just learned and you're a bit overconfident and then just snap. like the ceiling was t- still too low. I think they still talk about it over there on a regular basis actually. The um, stupid
1: Aussie. <laughs> yeah, it was a time. Yeah. Anyway. So. Did- Were you working on stations around that or like, how are you balancing that well?
0: Yeah, what was I doing? The last stint I did, so that was 2019, that happened just before COVID and I was going to head back over, but COVID sort of pulled me up in general. I was with these three brothers, they're really cool, just south of Calgary and they were all like tradies, like builders or whatever. So I was like a bit of a labourer and then they had a little bit of like, yeah, country as well with some Hereford cattle and used to help out and kind of just a bit of an odd job, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, you're a bit of like a carny sort of thing, <laughs> you're rodeoing, you know, you just, but, you know, and you can treat it as a bit of a working holiday as well. And then, yeah, but I guess if you want to win, you've got to kind of yeah, commit.
1: So, what does like a, a week in the life of that look like? Like competing on weekends, but how do you actually train for, for it?
0: Well, I linked up with a sport exercise physiologist when I was back in Cloncurry before I went over, actually. And he was really great. You know, a lot of work in the gym, but then you have a spur board, which is like a, you know, timber apparatus or whatever that you just simulate for muscle memory, really. And then he actually gave me some cool exercises for, you know, uh, different things with that. But it's basically going through the process, you know, on that spur board or a bucking machine, if you can have one, And basically doing all the work there because then when you rock up on the weekend, there's not a whole lot of time to think when you're actually on the animal. So, And obviously getting on practice horses as well. So if you have the luxury of an arena at home and just like a nice, soft, they call them hoppers, you know, just like jump, kick, you know, just nice. That's where, you know, you get your confidence because I think it's a lot about confidence, just going through the motions. And then, you know, once you sort of really nail that, you know, that sort of beginner level bucking horse, I actually don't think it's too much of a step up because you're, you're there and you're doing it well. And so it's not far. Yeah. If that makes sense. Interesting.
1: And Mm. so at what stage did you start to look at your own business and that sort of things that you're doing now in the drone space? Cause it's. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit different. Well,
0: yeah, I know. Well, it was, I was like, I was a bit of a, a mature age student that my classmates at Marcus reminded me every single day. <laughs> uh, the ripe old age of 27 or whatever. Um, and. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, you know, 25, 26, just going, oh, great. I was down in Victoria. I was doing a little bit of film stuff, but also just working on farms. And I was just like, I sort of, yeah, started to have a bit of a business flair to me. And you hear great things about Marcus. So I was like, oh, I'll go do the one year there. And then we were in class one day. My mate Ben Daly, he's another Queenslander. We used to kind of together a bit because a lot, we had a lot of southerners in our class. And they used to bag Brahmins a bit. And Ben Daly and I were just like, can we just stop? Like even some of the lecturers. But anyway, Marcus lecturers and Marcus was great. I loved it. But we were were a bit bored in class one day and we're just talking about drones and how they might work. I feel like it was kind of Ben's idea. And he had a drone. And then when we went to China on the study trip, we almost missed our flight back from Hong Kong because I really wanted a, a drone. And I ended up with this red thing that like did flips and whatever, and I lost the charger pretty quickly. But when I got home to Cloncurry, I was just like trialing it on the heifers and in the horse paddock and whatever. And it was sort of seeming to work. So I guess the journey with that was I hadn't had the idea. I did a farmers to founders ideas program. And then I, a little bit after that, I applied for a Nuffield scholarship. And then, the P- and then got the Nuffield and the PR off the back of Nuffield was really handy and was contacted by DAF, a great bloke up there, Tim McGrath, Tim McGrath not Tim McGraw, Tim McGrath up in uh, Cairns. So I'm still working with him on, on a project at the moment and then a separate project with MLA as well. So I'm just wrapping up those trials at the moment which is basically what is possible for drone livestock
1: mustering
0: under current regulations and current technology.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I, I went to, when I did a little stint at Sydney Uni, yeah. when I failed, but I met this bloke and he was doing a, a lot of drone stuff, but in the mining industry, but like not just your little mm. things, these big monsters. And yeah. Yeah. he, I think he was absolutely he's studying but he didn't need to study because he had he stepped out of uni at like 23 and was running this multi-million dollar business
0: so you stepped out uh broke and drunk and then he stepped out into a multi-million dollar business is that what Mate, was- <laughs>
1: at the time i was pushing a lawnmower around reckoning like, like, this is the greatest thing in the world i was like i love it why would i go to go to uni lectures when i just i was working for a mate who had a lawnmower business and then i was like oh. Well, I'm only getting 25 bucks now and you can earn 50 bucks. That's so so-
0: Sydney's a, yeah. Sydney's a real playground though, isn't it? Especially like Sydney Uni, you would have known a lot of people. It, yeah. yeah,
1: it was good. It was um, it was like, it was good. And like, cause I'd always looked at Marcus and then I went away from it and then it kind of ended up back there and probably at a better age anyway, a few years out when you've actually done a few things and yeah, yeah, yeah. If triumph. you got
0: tied, if you got tied up with Gab Passmore, that wouldn't have helped. The I'm drinking some beers, do you know, Gab. I don't think
1: I do.
0: Oh gosh, well you will, you will one day. You'll meet him anyway. <laughs> he's a bit of a figure around there. Anyway, what were we? Yeah, so he was doing he was doing surveying and stuff, was he on mine sites?
2: Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Nick here, sheep farmer and Rabobank regional client council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community well-being and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organizations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision and held succession planning workshops. Just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. And But so for you, you're looking at this, what, 2017 or so, but it took a few years to actually then for anything to happen?
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I didn't know much about the technology, you know, I'm trying to speak to people. I'm like, oh, with like the, like four, like, you know, propeller things, they're like, oh, multi-rotor. I'm like, yeah, that. Oh, cool. So I guess I had like the idea of the solution, but didn't really know how to implement it. So the Farmers to Founders was really handy with that. Yeah. I guess I just, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of assumptions along the way. And it's really cool with these recent trials that we've kind of validated them.
1: So we, were you playing at jobs like on the side? Were, were the jobs just because you were buying yourself a bit of time while trying different things?
0: Oh, yeah. And look, you know, we're not. A, I'm not even a commercialized revenue generating business or whatever. You know, I'd call, you know, I've started a company to get the funding. And, you know, that is Sky Kelpie, which I robbed that name off my brother-in-law. Thank you, Fred. Um, I need to trademark that before he wants to take it back so I guess you know I'm a research and development company at the moment I, I would like to um, probably like yeah sooner rather than later look to commercialize a solution and I think early days if that's kind of me being of a being a bit of a consultant you know helping graziers with Land permits and governance and compliance and licensing and and all that, but also you know the uh, you know the long term to build software and hardware as well. I reckon so.
1: And so, like at the moment, is it really focused on kind of those the bigger northern like pastoral blocks, or is it actually like what scale? I reckon
0: from the smaller blocks up to the bigger ones. And I think the huge blocks up in Northern Australia that are using three choppers for a paddock to muster, I don't think drones are quite there. The barriers for adopting this solution at the moment is battery life of drones. And there are some drones out there that are going for ages, actually. I've been trialling the DJI because they're kind of the Apple of the drone world. They're very user-friendly and really great sensors and technology. And I've just had a... um, search and rescue drone for these recent trials so it's got infrared it's got a 200 times zoom it's got really really great technology on it although it only went for half an hour so i sort of had a generator out there with spare batteries and just having to land it a bit so that was that was a little that was like a little problem and then the the regulations are a bit of a barrier as well so you're needing like if you're wanting to fly a drone out of line of sight, you're needing um, your IREX, your instrument rating, which is a really hard, complex exam for commercial, for pilots to like fly in clouds and at nighttime. It's sort of not really relevant to drones, but CASA, CASA are changing that hopefully quite soon. We're kind of working with industry and, and the regulator a bit around that. And also, yeah, you need land permits. It's quite complex. I do understand it's a new emerging technology, and you need to keep you know manned aviation and the skies safe, and that's what I'll commit to as a company is safety, because what we're saying is we're going to improve safety on farm with these drones. We still want to keep it safe in the skies as well. So, I'm um, I'm keen to work with CASA, not against them on that, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to um, meet
1: in the middle ground, I reckon. And so, like, how far off are we actually from seeing? drones mastering paddocks
0: yeah really good results I don't think it's far and there's just sort of that regular regulatory and and sort of technology little things to get over but it yeah it can be done
1: and for like w- will the cattle get used to the sound of it like do you have to put noises and bells and everything on it yeah
0: well it's just like what I see it it's just another form of pressure really and it's going to be a lot about how the operator you know oper- how the operator operates it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's i sort of it. try to get, give a bit of release of pressure once they you know respond to it it's kind of like you know once upon a time motorbikes or horses were like first introduced towards this this is just another form of pressure i see um totally i think it's good to maybe desensitize them a little bit so probably educate young cattle with it just so you're not blowing them over fences or whatnot but there are aids. So I had a speaker on this on, on this drone, on this search and rescue drone, really loud. I can't tell you like the decibels or whatever, but I uploaded like a chopper noise. That was cool. My awful nasal voice going, oi, oi, oi. I think I had a dog barking on there. And I also had slim, dusty, woo, bullock, woo. <laughs> and probably the biggest light bulb moment of these trials is I chucked it up at like 5am. Yeah. And I was like, let's just see if cattle kind of know where they're going. Like I kind of knew their situational awareness is not too bad, you know, at nighttime. So I had the infrared up, they stick out like a sore thumb, you know, cause it, yeah, it reads their heat signature or whatever. Yeah. And I was, I was mustering paddocks uh, in pitch black, a little bit of moonlight and I, I had them all there mobbed up, ready to go to the processing facility at sunrise. So I think that needs to be more trialed and proven. So I'm not saying like this is the new way to do it. But was it nearly um, easier? It was great. It was awesome. They you can locate them really easy, um, and then you know obviously you're gonna be walking them to the yards in the coolest part of the day. So I reckon it might be a bit of a game changer for productivity, less you know weight loss and animal welfare.
1: And so for you, like at the moment, whereabouts are you? basing yourself out of to do all these different things
0: i'm sort of just all around queensland just like you know camping with everyone a bit like you a bit of a gypsy i've always <laughs> been a gypsy but between where, where are you going to set up the
1: hq when you're this
0: sky Kelpie? i wouldn't mind the goldie actually goldie, really right yeah close to the airport there kira beach that's just my new thought
1: like well, are you going to take up surfing
0: no, no 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 i've tried that a couple of times i, I need a really long board for that Anyway, yeah, between Cloncurry and Brizzy at the moment, and, and
1: everywhere in between, and focused in on on Queensland initially just because of the industry and funding and the rest of it.
0: I think so, yeah. I with these workshops that we're going to roll out as part of the MLA trials, we'll be doing a we'll be doing a workshop around Tamworth area, I reckon, and then maybe one around Ballarat.
1: Yeah, right. So, God's country down that way.
0: Bloody oath, mate. Bloody get yeah, down. closer that there. What's Ballarat? All the Marcus kids used to talk about Western districts all the time. I'm just Yeah,
1: like, oh, probably wouldn't be quite part of that, I don't reckon. Depends who you ask. Yeah, yeah. Depends if someone lives near there or not. <laughs>
0: I'll just say, like, mate, get some Brahmins down here.
1: <laughs> I did see some, um where was I? I was driving from Tamworth a few weeks ago and there was a mob of Brahmins there. How good's that? It would have been a bit, bit colder, I reckon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makes me homesick when I see them down south. <laughs> it's quite good.
1: What do you reckon running your own small business and the managing the grant side of these projects and all of that? What's been your biggest learning from your previous lives to that?
0: Cause I do love, I do love going for funding and sort of back myself. And I'm like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do that probably like managing your own time, I guess, kind of like what you do. It's been really fun and just very rewarding with sort of the results we're getting. I'll have to come back to you but I mean I've got to start i got to i got to start a business model like that's probably going to be my business learning like gee whiz. No I
1: think just come up with the idea and then keep keep trialing it and going. no that didn't work we'll try something else.
0: Yep there's that whatever really just keeping everything you know because you've got certain requirements with funding and stuff so maybe sort of that governance side and just you know making sure you're ticking all the boxes and, and doing everything right and yeah but that just takes communication and people i'm working with um you know with the with the agencies are really great so and they understand you know because i'm a i'm not like this tech company whatever like i'm basically a a redneck that's trying to do something they're (laughs) they're there they're there to help
1: question i'm going to ask you about the the filming side of things like where have, have you always just played around with making short films and with video cameras and things
0: yeah well i've always had an interest in it and i did you know through my 20s i'd sort of do some random gigs because my little sister maddie she's a actor writer um she studied from a young age and she's sort of been in the industry so even when i was down in victoria i sort of like i had like an agent and like i was doing like coles ads and like random stuff another little random side you were yeah i've done some really random stuff bronc
1: riding on weekends yeah an extra and little film thing on the side.
0: Yeah, yeah, just doing some. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: So <laughs> it's
0: a bit, it's a bit random. I was doing some stunt work, like horse stunt work. Anyway, and then and then after Marcus, I sort of wasn't sure what I was doing. I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to like be in like beef sales or work for like what am I going to do? And then I ended up randomly just like a friend was working at Cloncurry Shire Council. And she's like, oh, you should come and just help us for a bit or whatever. And it was sort of like doing like media and economic development stuff and whatever. And I ended up staying there for like three years with a little stint in Canada in there. But it was great. And I had a lot of freedom and creative freedom to just do some really random little skit videos and whatever, um, which they loved. And while I was there, I got this phone call and she's like, oh, yeah, we'd like to um, do a you know big reality show in the Outback and whatever. I was like, Survivor. OK, cool. And then I was like, yeah, you're coming here. So after like three or four different scout trips from them and like Channel 10 executives coming and whatever, and, you know, the mayor and I and a few others sort of really tried to sell it, we, we got it. So that was great. And that brought about 6 million bucks to the town, which was awesome. And then I jumped on the crew for that. And What was your role? I was like an assistant director. I was like basically just wrangling the competitors. And you've got to tell them not to talk on camera what was it like behind the scenes yeah, like you gotta like i was basically like a policeman to the competitors i will say that it was quite realistic like they were they were they were sleeping in the clon curry dirt like holy hell and the food they didn't get much food but i was like do not talk when you're not on camera because if they say something that's off camera then it won't make sense for the storyline or whatever so everything all comms has to be on camera so here I am, like oh no, whatever. But I was pretty relaxed with it. I was like, I'm never working in reality TV again in my life. Ah, uh, good experience. It was great. It was awesome and really good for the town. And off the back of that, I was like, all right, Cloncurry, you owe me a little bit. I was like, you, I've uh, got an idea for a short film, and you should throw in some funding. Anyway, they've created a film-friendly incentive package or whatever. So we applied for that and we're lucky enough to get some funding. So they're awesome. They're a really progressive council up there doing a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, we got some funding. My sister and I, we wrote and produced a a film about the true story of the Curry bank robberies that happened in the 30s. So we just shot that about a month ago.
1: And who was acting in it?
0: We had Guyton Grantley, who is from Underbelly. He played also oh, you got Car- some
1: I'm gonna say some real people, you got yeah, 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 some yeah,
0: notable yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah. We he played Carl Williams in underbelly, but also he's done a bunch of stuff as well. But I think the whole Carl Williams thing has defined him a bit and it follows him around a bit. But anyway, that's what you got to deal with. He was awesome.
1: How do you guys get onto these people? Just through their agents and things?
0: Yeah, agents. And then Maddie um, knew him a little bit from Sydney days because she was living in Sydney. We got this really great bloke. He's he's hilarious. So have you seen on Facebook Angry Christmas Productions? No. His name is Jordan Abbey Young and you should look him up and your listeners, most of your listeners will know him. So you need to get onto it, Ollie. Yeah, okay. got does these skits about, I think they're probably quite inspired by his old man. A lot of them, he's sort of like those, like uh, what happens when you get rain and all your neighbours are calling and they're like, how much rain did you get? Anyway, so he's from south of Georgetown, uh town yeah. called Forsyth. And he's a really cool example of, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, you can get into this film industry. And he did a lot of skits you know, and just edited himself and whatever. And he's got like 200,000 followers on his um, Facebook. Yeah. So he's funny and he's moved down to the Gold Coast now and doing a lot, but we got him. So he was great because he's doing a bunch of stuff now. So it's good to get him and, and some other, yeah, really good actors and it should come together really well. We're just getting it edited now. We just met with a post-production house yesterday and it'll go into festivals and stuff next year and,
1: and all that, yeah. So how long did it take from start? Was starting like a, the like idea in, to writing and
0: probably like a year of development of writing it, getting the funding, recruiting everyone. Yeah, yeah, and a real grassroots approach. You know, like maddie and I it was just a love project, so <laughs> it was a lot of,
1: lot of time and money. And um, so, is this the start of a media company for you too
0: Well, a production company, a film production company for sure. Yeah, we we're interested in doing the like the feature length version of this film. So we've been talking to some production companies about this because this will go on the festival circuit, but it'll work as a proof of concept as well. So um, that's really exciting. And we've got some other sort of projects in the works as well. So, yeah, see how we go.
1: And so when you said you're never working in reality TV shows, again, it just depends if if someone comes knocking with the right offer. With the right, with the money. And so is Cloncari getting more stuff off the back of that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So they're, they really, they're pushing, like pushing out what we did. We're getting a fair bit of media. They're shooting a pilot there for a really funny comedy improv show there at the end of the month. And then I think they've got some other things in the works. So it's part of like a film friendly location. You want, you want them to be, you know, want the council or whatever, to have a, you know, to bend over backwards to help you or whatever. So that's going to attract a lot of interest. I mean, Winton has been doing really well for a number of years because that was
1: where Mad Max and stuff was, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, did they shoot a bit of that there? What, like the original one or the recent ones?
1: I feel like, wasn't it part of it on Oggie's place or something?
0: Oh, yeah, but maybe it wasn't that because I reckon Broken Hill. They yeah, Broken like.
1: Hill's got it now.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, well, maybe. No, maybe. Yeah, because they filmed a bit at the Oggs just um, with those, you know, Ayrshire Hills are pretty cool. Hugo Weaving was there shooting something once. I don't know.
1: The Mysteries of Winton.
0: Yeah, I know. Winton's great. Winton does well. It used to be when we'd go, when we'd be driving to um, Brizzy as kids, our old man would go, Radio, we're coming up to Winton. If Australia was a horse, Winton would be its butt. (laughs) And they're my words. I mean, sorry, they're not my words, just to your listeners from Winton. But I will say, Winton is like, Winton's like the heart now. No, what's Winton? Maybe like the head. Maybe like the back. The main just adds a lot of character. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like just look a, weird without it now. Like a flaxen mane, <laughs> <laughs> like a bit flashy.
1: Yeah, they're doing well. Yeah. And so, what's next for you? Yeah, I
0: think just like finishing off these these trials with Sky Kelpie and just seeing where it, where it'll go. Really, I'm pre- pretty lucky to have a bit of a network of sort of good mentors and advisors and whatnot. So, um, see how that goes. And, and, yeah, keep trying to pump out some movies. So just, yeah, follow these two things.
1: And what about, um, we haven't touched, like, your Nuffield. So you obviously got that, but where are you going for that?
0: Well, I've just uh, just put in for my global focus program, so I haven't learned yet. But uh, the countries I'd like to go to would be Israel, some different countries through Europe, but America, you know, I think the States, uh, their startup community and military community, the military work pretty well um, together, so there's obviously they really capitalize on that advanced technology. So I think Australia could probably do a little bit better in that on that front, yeah. America, I reckon, is where it's at. There's obviously a bit of market there as well if you stock, and then you know, might have to duck to the Maldives, eh? Like, <laughs> a big opportunity there for drone mustering, wouldn't there? No, yeah. There's a lot of different countries with different drone manufacturers. So it would be good to maybe explore, you know, maybe the perfect mustering drone somewhere.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, so. good luck to you on that.
0: Yeah, come come, come for a trip, mate.
1: Yeah, that sound pretty good, I reckon.
0: Maybe, oh. Nuffield, maybe Nuffield needs to engage a media officer.
1: <laughs> um, one other question, because i ask everyone who comes on for a chat. Go back. You get the chance to go and chat to your 10 students about careers in agriculture and where it's taken you what would be your advice to them about why they should consider a career in ag
0: there's a lot of opportunity i guess there's a bit of a skill shortage so you'll get a job for one but it's extre- yeah it's extremely rewarding i guess it's uh you know there's probably I've, as i've just spoken on this podcast i've done a million different things but probably the most you know rewarding afternoons drinking a beer is is a bit of work on the land so it's a bit of a cliche you know cracking that can after a hard day's work but it is it's really rewarding and i remember after because i went to boarding school and you're sort of a little bit urbanized and i remember i went to work on a napco place for a couple of years and i was just like this is like this is the real quintessential australia right now and i'm a part of it so you're like you know the the movies you watch or the songs you hear or the poems or whatever you're almost living that when you're when you're working on the land so
1: yeah let us know what you enjoyed about today's episode if you've got any recommendations for other guests or people you'd like us to chat to i think one thing for us is we want to make sure we're covering all the different opportunities and people involved in agriculture so yes we'll have ceos and business leaders but also too. We're just covering people from the grassroots. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's chat with Luke. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay sane. We're thinking of everyone out there who is in a bit of
2: a tough time. See you soon.
1: Bye.